0: Well, tonight we have a special treat. Brother Daniel Estes is going to come and share with us about his mission experience in El Salvador. And so, Daniel, do you want to use a stand or you want to use a handheld mic? I use the stand. All right. So, Brother Troy, we're using the red. So, you guys welcome Brother Daniel, and we're glad that you can share with us all that God's been doing.
1: I'm pretty glad, too. (laughs) Okay. I have to speak into it? Okay. All right. So, June, I think, oh, no, I'm already forgetting, guys. I'm sorry. June 14th, last month, yeah, I headed out. It was a Saturday, and I was going to go to El Salvador, and I I had been praying for a little while, hoping that God would do something to me and that I could help the people there, you know? And the coolest thing about it was that it's hard to explain. I, that's the coolest thing about it. As it says up on the screen, it, it was the educational experience. I've learned a lot of things in my life. Maybe I'm not the smartest, but I I feel like I'm pretty educated. But before I even went, I knew this was going to be an adventure with God and that many other things would happen. Now, from the other stuff on the screen, (laughs) I'll get to that. So the educational experience, an adventure with God, Southerners, because my mission team was all from the south, and they were very southern. And many short Hispanics, because I was like a giant there. And I'm like average height here. It's really confusing. All right, guys, let's do this. Dun, dun, dun. The characters. Can you read that? No? Well, that's all right. So to the left, Valamori, he was our translator. While we were there, and he was very good at his job. He's t- he was 23 years old. He wants to become a Gideon, but he's kind of not old enough yet. Uh, he's been translating on and off for our missionary uh, in El Salvador for a little while now. And then, to our right, we got Rigoberto Jimenez. And he was our missionary there. He did all our driving He set up all the stuff. He went and got all the paint. He and his family were very nice to us. They gave us food. And they set us up in a really nice hotel. And, like, when I was going to El Salvador, I was expecting not a four-star hotel. You know, I was expecting more like those Motel 6s that you really don't want to go to, but you go to because you don't have money. And I would have been okay with it, but... God blessed us, and he let us have a hotel that had delicious breakfast every morning and Wi-Fi that was with purchase with the room, and it was amazing. Now, the other characters in this educational experience, we got me. And it says up there that I'm a little preacher because two weeks before the trip, Our missionary, Rigoberto, sent out an email asking if anyone would want to preach. And I was like, (laughs) I will. (laughs) I didn't know what that entailed. So the second thing Rigoberto asks us, when we finally got off the plane, he was like, hey, Daniel. Well, he didn't ask. The the translator said this. But he was like, hey, Daniel, are you going to be preaching Sunday? And I was like, yeah, uh, how about no? Uh, And then to the right is the total Jimenez family with Rigoberto and his wife Claudia and their child, Mariana, who is either in kindergarten or first grade. It wasn't really clear when he was telling us, even though we spent a whole week with her. I couldn't speak to her, though, so... (laughs) Uh, It says up there that they were the hosts and they had food. Like, we ate almost every lunch and dinner at Claudia's house. And by the end of the week, we had made up that when we came came back to El Salvador, we would be coming back with a camera crew so that we could create a cooking show for her. Because she cooked really, really well. All All right. Now, next on our educational experience. The Houston airport It's probably one of my favorite places, I promise. So I had to get up on June 14th at like before 5 in the morning so that I could make it to Houston to catch a 9.30 flight. So I could be in El Salvador by like 1 o'clock and we could spend the first day there serving and doing stuff. But... It seemed that that wasn't going to happen. I got on my plane in XNA, and I made it down to Houston. But you see, the rest of my missions team weren't there yet. It was really sad. (laughs) All day, I got there before 8 o'clock in the morning, and eventually, goodbye. We left at ten o'clock at night. It was quite the experience. And all day, I was like texting back and forth with the other members of my mission team, saying, "Like, can I get on that plane? It's okay if I'm alone, right?" No, Daniel, no, you can't get on that plane. Fine, fine. Uh, the it was a fun day, I guess water there was a water in the great houston airport and there was like three to five terminals depending on what you think because like one of the terminals was its own thing another one was its own thing and then there were three that was called the e-terminal but it was also the c and d it, it was very confusing because i don't understand that airport and then when we got back when we got back we had to fly into that airport as well and I was not happy to see it. So, the first day in El Salvador, we didn't even get to be there, so that's great. You know, we got on the 10 o'clock flight. <laughs> we were supposed to have been in El Salvador nine hours before that, but that's okay. We got into El Salvador their time at like 2 o'clock, even though their geographical location puts them in our time zone, but for some reason, They want to be on a different time zone, but I can't control what they want, so. All right, here we go. The final arrival, we made it. We made it to the San Salvador airport, only to stand in a 30 minute line to get through customs. It was amazing. Finally get out of that airport, even though the other members of my mission team had lost. Well, they hadn't lost, the airline had Misplaced their luggage, so all they had was their carry-ons. And in their luggage, they had like a bunch of stuff that they needed—not not just clothes, but like uh, we were told to bring like pencils and candy f- to like give to kids during the weekend. All their pencils and candy were in those bags, so that was a problem that we would have to deal with through the rest of the week. We got in it too. We got into Rigoberto's car, we met Valamori, we were all tired, and you could tell he was tired, but good old man, he had a smile on his face, he was just happy we were there. Um, as the week would progress, we would learn more and more about how different El Salvador is from us, and I don't wanna get too much into that right now, Kind to keep you on the edge. That's the customs line, and that's the customs line as well. I don't know why I have two pictures of them, but I thought, why not? All right, here we go. I did not. There weren't any signs. And it's not like your phone, it's not like your phone tells you that it's illegal to take pictures. Okay, so after Rigoberto had choked with me if I wanted to preach, and I said, well, no. We got to sleep for about four hours. It's pretty good. Then we got to eat the great hotel breakfast. He came and picked us up, and we went to their church, which is, uh, it's a BMA church called Centro de Vida, which just means center of life. Uh, It's a nice little building. Uh, Sometimes they have around like 60 people. Oh, hello. 60 people or so every day uh, every Sunday, even though that building can really only hold, like, 30. Uh, so that's the seating arrangement up there, if you can see it, and then uh, to the left was our musician friend, and he's wait, 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 here, I have a question. How old do you think that male is with the guitar? Any other guesses? I thought, he was, I thought he was 18, and then he's, Then we had the translator tell us that he's actually 21 years old. And looking at him, I towered over him a bit, and he was, like, much smaller than me. So I expected him to be, like, maybe 18, and he was, like, a small 18-year-old. But no, he's 21 years old, and he's going to college. Um, I don't know what he's going to college for, but he's going to college, and he leads the music there in Spanish. So I didn't know what he was saying, but that's okay as well. Uh, the first Sunday morning, Rigoberto preached on the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, and that parable would, <clears throat> through the course of the week, as I pray, as I would prepare for the sermon I would preach the next week, um, that really spoke to my heart and like everything that I was doing. The in that it was the basis of the sermon was that. Christianity is not just like a religion or, or just like a relationship with God that you wear to church, and that's it. It's a lifestyle. And you could tell just in that little church of like 30 people that they were making Christianity a lifestyle. They were taking time out of their day. There were some people that actually had to walk over 10 miles just to get to that church. So the devotion just to get to the church is amazing and that just really started speaking to my heart about how Christianity is not just your wristwatch. You don't just have it on you at all times and you check it. No, it needs to be like your, it needs to be your everything, you know? It's got to be your pants, your shirt, your face. It just needs to be you and you got to show you the world so that the world can be bettered through it. I'm rambling. Sunday evening, we got to go out and look at a cool view of San Salvador. Um, That's the cool picture that I thought was the best one of the ones that I took that weren't illegal this time. Uh, As you can tell, there are some pretty tall mountains there, and it's really cool that it's... It's a very nice mixture of urban environment and rural and, like, um, forest environment, and it's just all kind of together. It's really awesome. Now, when you really think about it, the country of El Salvador is smaller than Arkansas, and I didn't even... I had looked at the geography of it before, but then when I looked at it at a map, and I realized, oh my gosh, El Salvador is smaller than Arkansas, I was like these people are very more connected than like we are. I mean, sure we can say we're connected, but these people like, dang. And then I think that's someone's ear. I'm not really sure. All right. This is also Sunday evening. That's another view of some mountains and sky. To the left is called an atoll or something like that. What it is is they took corn and then, like, they made it to the point that it's not corn anymore, and it's just liquid. They didn't use blenders, though, so they just mashed it with their hands and tools, and it tastes really weird. It's like corn and water and sweet and confusing. And then to the right, we have pupusas, which are, if you talk to an El salvador person that's, Not in El Salvador, they'll tell you, you need to eat a pupusa because one, they miss them because they're not here. And two, they're kind of really, really good. It's like you take a fat tortilla and then you shove stuff inside it and fry it. It's basically the dream that we always have had. (laughs) And it was finally realized in this dish. All right? And now... Monday, to, oh, it cropped that out. That's okay. Uh, up above, it had said painting uh, the church Grand Commission. That was the name of it. Uh, church, maybe in San Salvador. I don't know. When you're dealing with people that don't speak English, you, you hope for the best. Uh, so this was, it was a, the church Grand Commission, they had bought it, this building, and we were supposed to go and paint it. Whew, it was quite a fixer-upper. It was, it used to be a kindergarten, so imagine these walls, like, see that, you see up there that it's like purple? Imagine that half of these walls are purple, and then another half are like weird drawings of kids on playgrounds and Spanish phrases that you don't even know what they're saying. That was that. It looked really cool, even though like half the paint was chipped, and then we painted over it, getting rid of it. Uh, as you can tell, in this picture, there's still some white and the purple. And then over there, it's white, kind of. Yeah. And then this chick. This chick is awesome. She is also 21 years old. Surprisingly. Oh yeah. Thank you, Mama. She. Her name is Michelle, and. She's 19 years old. There we go. Um, She is currently studying to be a lawyer. And she knowed... Knowed. Yep, she knowed. She knowed some English, guys. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't, obviously. (coughs) She, She couldn't speak a lot of it, but she could understand what we were saying. She just couldn't respond to us. And I felt like that was the worst thing that could be. You want... You understand. It's like being mute, but you can talk, just not in the language they can understand. And she would just say, I don't know. Uh, She was a really fun person. She was the first member of that youth group when that um, church was planted. And she soon after that gave her life to Christ. And she came down just because she wanted to, to paint with us. I don't know why, but she came down to paint with us, and it was weird, because the translator, what she had told us to tell, uh, told him to tell us was that we could tell her whatever he wanted her to do, and she would do it. Which, at first, sounds really weird. So we were like, well, you, you, you take the brush, and you go to the wall, and you do this. And she was like, okay, okay. She was a very sweet girl, though. Uh, that's Michelle. Okay. This is the best, like, generalization picture for before and after. Uh, before, you can tell that we painted the top white, kind of. And then that's my handprint, because I was like, well, we're going to paint over it anyway. So I wanted to put my handprint there and take a picture of it, because I didn't feel like painting at the time. And then... That is a door. Um, You can't tell in this Wait, No, yes, you can. It's red. Uh, Back here, the door, that door is green, and that door was red, and it was really weird because it's a kindergarten, and it's like they, they didn't tell us that it was, they hadn't opened for business yet. They hadn't started having services there yet. So we were just envisioning this weird service where, like, There's a bunch of kids on the walls, like, staring at you, and weird colors all around. And so they were all, like, red and green and stuff, and we were able to paint it brown, and it actually looked really nice. So this is another after picture. Um, You can't tell because it's white now, but that used to be purple, and there used to be kids on the walls. I really... (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of cool because we got to see literally what our hands could do for the Lord. And it was awesome. All right. And then that Wednesday night, there was a kid's service at the Central De Vida Church. Normally, they were running around like 30 to... uh, No, no, like 25 to 40 kids every Sunday. Um, And they were... They told the kids to go out and invite kids that had never been to a church ever in their life. And that night in particular, we had 69 kids there. And overall, 12 of them had never been to church before. And there were about four of them, or no, four or more, that their mothers said they're going to send their kid back. Um, This was just the picture of them all. What we did with them that night was we made, like, salvation bracelets. And after the salvation bracelets, we we told them a Bible story. I didn't because I told the other guys, I was like, yo, I'm preaching Sunday. You guys should do the Bible story tonight. And they did it, and they did it well. So that worked out because I did not want to tell a Bible story about Daniel in the lion's den. I just didn't. Uh, then we gave them pencils and candy, and they, then they got to whack at a pinata. And I, I was, I tried to put a video in here, but then our internet died, and I gave up putting the video in there. It was a video of, um, the kids fighting that pinata, like, really scarily, like, sitting in the back just watching it. I was like, dang, these kids... Have anger problems and they just there were two pinatas and they destroyed both of them the boys and the girls and it was a scary video if I didn't want to show it anyways okay Centro de Vida this is also Centro de Vida but it it was like an hour away from El Salvador on this weird not even a dirt road it was just like like you know our dirt roads here actually have like gravel on them because We tried to make them roads. No, those roads are literally just dirt. And sometimes people drive on them. And so we went out to Centro de Vida 2.0 and we painted it. Um, The inside, I don't know, do I have another picture? Let's find out, guys. Oh, we do. As you can tell, that's all white. It used to be this weird color that I want to to describe as vomit, because it was really, really ugly, and I'm so glad we painted over it. I I feel kind of sorry that they were there for months just having to look at it. We were able to paint it all white, and then during lunch, because we didn't want to go back and paint more, we just started stacking Pepsi cans and seeing who could do it the fastest and not make them fall. That's what you do when you can't speak the language. You play games. And then we went sightseeing and we saw a cool volcano that actually had erupted four years, um, no, six years before. So that was kind of scary that there was an active volcano and we were just kind of waltzing around the lava, having fun. And I technically wasn't supposed to, but I took, I took a rock home. Don't tell anyone, though. I didn't take a picture of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Friday, we went to a school to help out there. And we were, uh, this is a group of kindergartners and first graders that we led songs, kind of, with and played games with, kind of. Um, and then we were. The reason why it says "gross singing" is because they had they told them to sing in English and they had a very low level of English. So when you hear this weird gross accent trying to sing English in English, I know I know the song we had told them to sing was "Yes Jesus Loves Me" but I don't know. It just turned into this really piercing thing that Ugh. It was like, yay, I'm glad you guys are singing. And then, because they sang in English, and they sang about Jesus, we were supposed to give them candy. And we gave them candy, and they were monsters. <laughs> <coughs> I don't have a kid of my own, so I guess I'm not used to that. When, like, a kid is like, give me it. We gave them it. Like, honestly, I feel like we could have given them, like, sticks from a forest with peanut butter on it. And they would have been like, give it to me. I'll do whatever you want. Because I feel like free stuff is just nice in general. And these kids have figured it out. And then after um, we did that, we were able to go into five other classrooms. And we got to hand out Bibles. And we got to give our testimonies and stuff. And I had never done that before. So I gave my testimony five times. And one of them ended up being a story about, like, some weird thing. Because I was trying to relate to the kids and also, like, tell my testimony. Because, I don't know. I don't know. This is one of the classes. Um, the, the kid, like, no I don't know how to describe that directionally. Uh, the kid, right? No, you can't see that. Anyways, one of the kids was named Daniel. And I decided that during my testimony I was going to mess with him. So I went up to him and I took all of his stuff, and walked out of the classroom. <laughs> I came back and gave it to him. He had this really scared look on his face, like I was actually going to take it, though. Not that, not that he could have told me to stop, because I wouldn't have known what he was saying, though. Um, so that was fun. Um, let's see, what's next? Then, Saturday, I lost. I didn't take pictures of it, sadly, but we painted another church, and then we went to the beach. That other church we were only at for like three hours in the heart of the day, it was about 101 degrees. And I was wearing khakis. Not the best decision on my part. I sweat through them multiple times. It was not the best day, but we were able to get a lot done. And then we were rewarded, he told us. Rigoberto said, he said, since you guys have painted and done all this stuff for us, we are going to go to the beach. We went to the beach. We swam, and I took pictures. I don't have any more pictures after that because I wanted to end without pictures because after that, um, after the beach day, the realization hit us that we would have to go home soon and that we wouldn't be able to experience the same fellowship and feeling of family that we had gotten from them. Uh, I can't describe in uh, lots of pictures that sense of family and all the things that was different there. But that next day, God had laid it on my heart to share a sermon or message on, um, in the last chapter of John, when they are, Jesus appears again. And there's, it's called the miraculous catch of fish. And they catch fish yet again by, like, throwing it on the other side of the boat. And they get a lot of fish. And, like, and then after that, they're like, wait, that's Jesus. And then they all, like, get to the beach as fast as they can. And after that, Jesus reinstates Peter by making him tell him that he loves him, like, three different times. Uh, and the basis of that message was that we were forgiven. Jesus forgave us on the cross, and because we are forgiven, we need, we have a new command, <clears throat> and that new command is to do what the grand, Com- the sorry, the Great Commission says, and that we must go out and make disciples and baptize and just spread the word of God, and that's the sermon that God had laid on my heart to do that Sunday and Rigoberto afterwards I don't know if he was just sad because we were leaving or if he was sad if just because like I had given a message that he enjoyed I guess because I don't know but he was kind of crying Um, the basis of that sermon though is what I learned. It's the real educational experience that I had. It wasn't the biggest thing to learn, like, oh yeah, yeah, you have the Great Commission and you were forgiven. But those little words, even though they're simple and maybe not like a super complex sermon or super complex things to learn, they're the most important things to who we are. Because of Jesus Christ's great forgiveness, We are saved, and we have to now go out and spread his love to everywhere. Uh, I don't have anything else. I just thank you for supporting me with your prayer and money and other things along the way. Uh, It was all helpful, and without it, I would not have been able to learn or have the experience that I would have been able to have. And I, I was very lucky and very happy I was able to go. And I just thank you and thank you for be, uh, allowing me to share tonight.
0: Daniel, I want to say thank you uh, for sharing with us. And I-, I, you know, when you put a microphone in front of Daniel, you, you just kind of uh, shake in your boots a little bit and just, you never know what might come out, but it was all fun. And Joanna leaned over to me and she said, I hope they're recording this because this is hilarious. Um, but uh, we do appreciate your uniqueness, Daniel, and we're so glad that God gave you the opportunity to go and, and to be a part of the El Salvadorian mission team. And-